sure we don't get a glare this morning. Oh, man. How are you, church? Are you good? Are you okay? Is your cup kind of dry a little bit still? Are you full? <clears throat> I've been thinking a lot about this week's sermon. And I'm going to de depart from Daniel for just a little bit. Um, next week, Josh will be filling in and finishing out Daniel chapter 6. But for me, uh, I've really focused on God's faithfulness lately. A lot of people have been praying, and, and this is all pre-sermon stuff. This is free. If you're watching at home, this is free. This is bonus content. That's what this is. Um, normally, we like that, but sometimes in church, we're not fans of free content. This is free. But in the middle of that, as I've been focusing on God's faithfulness, um, the Lord's been bringing a lot of things to my heart, and there's not enough sermons or enough vocal strength to get through them all. And so I just wanted to place some things in your heart today. First of all, um, thank you for praying for me. Uh, my surgery for my throat was set up for Tuesday. I got to go in this week for pre-op, took my COVID test, passed with flying colors. That was I hadn't been anxious about a test in a while, was anxious about that test. And so went in and took it. The doctor scoped my throat and everything. And then Christy and I started praying over the last few days. And there were some things that, that we saw that were, were good. My vocal cords are getting much closer together, um, which gave us hope for, for healing. But then as the Lord started to put some other things in play, um, we've made the decision that, that this season is not over for me yet. Hmm. It has been so good to be still. I was reading through scripture and the scripture says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It says, when I am weak, he is strong. And I, I have never viewed myself as weak. And I've been wrestling with God in my strength and God is so good, and he's so gracious. But in the middle of it, just for a little bit longer, it's nice to be still and know that he is God. And although it, it's taken me out of the pulpit, I'm, I've already got some subs filled in. I don't want to cancel them out. We decided for just a little bit longer to put this off and to let God finish some lessons that he's teaching. And if he chooses to bring healing, there's hope. It was way closer than we thought it would be but if he continues to bring healing on his own we don't want to rush to our solution to get back to normal because the reality is what COVID has taught me through all this season is I don't want to go back to normal I think the Lord brought COVID into this country into this world for a lot of different reasons but let me tell you a story when Christy and I were in Israel years ago the mound where the, the temple is now and, and whatnot <clears throat> was covered in, in trash at once upon a time. Too many kingdoms had come and destroyed too many things. And it had to be cleaned off for the temple to be rebuilt. I really do believe wholeheartedly that a lot of soil and soot and other things that don't belong to God have settled in on top of his church. And God is using this season to, to wipe that slate clean and reveal himself to us anew. And I don't want us to miss that. I don't want us to miss the lessons that God is teaching us today. 
Um, if you're sitting on the front rows today, the sound was blaring at you. We talked last week about our speakers in need, and, and really, Dick will probably get on to me later on. But, but we'll need to do some replacement in that. And it would be very easy for me to say, okay, church, here's the number, and here's how much we need to raise to make sure everything's working strong. But, but the reality is this. If you and I are faithful in following God, then he will provide for this. Now listen, some of you in this room do not give unto the Lord. You don't tithe. Where your treasure is, your heart is, and you're battling with yourself. And I'm telling you, you you're not hurting the Lord. You're hurting yourself. And so maybe the Lord is making you struggle because of this isn't a tithing sermon, but it's about faithfulness. And the Lord has called me to be faithful with his timing instead of rushing my own. He's calling us as the church to be faithful with what he's given us, not rushing to take care of what we think needs to be taken care of. Our children's team, our search team is starting to come together. Our nominating team met this week. And they started praying over and asking those to serve who they've, who they've reached out to. Do you know our heart for this team is that they would be faithful, that they would just be holy and honest to what the Lord has for them, not to preconceive notions of what a children minister ought to be. Amen. Amen. Church, this morning, we are not talking about our faithfulness. You see, we've spent a lot of time talking about us not just today, but over, over this season. You don't have to ask someone if you've been faithful in the election season. If you're a parent of a teenager, is your child more convicted about their political candidate or party than they are about the celebration of a friend coming to know Jesus Christ? If so, you've been faithful. Guess what you've been faithful with? Do your children, does your spouse glow at the word of God? If so, you've been faithful. What have you been faithful with? You see, we're tempted in this world to judge everything by our perspective. Amen? Do you know when God put us here, he gave us the, the role and the goal to rule over and to have dominion over his creation. Amen? That's Genesis. Now, now check this out. Does that mean that we can do whatever we want to make our pocket rich? It doesn't at all. God never said, I'm giving you the world to do with what you want to make you feel better. But that's some soot that's settled on our definition of the faithfulness of God. At the same time, did God say that man and creation have the same standing so we should care for creation as much as we care for man? Not at all. God made us in his image. Church, we've had so much settle on this. I think our judgment's off. Recently, I was hiking in the mountains, and I, I love being up and being away and being quiet. <clears throat> and I'm on top of the mountain, and there's this huge rock face. And I thought, I'm going to climb up on top of this rock face and sit and spend time with the Lord in prayer. And so, so I took off my backpack, and I climbed up this rock, forgetting I'm 44 years old and not 24. <clears throat> and I get up there, no problem. And I sit and have time with the Lord and then I looked down, and I thought, I'm going to go down a different way 
then I went up because coming down is different. And so I get to a point where I think, okay, there's about three feet between me and the ground. I'm just going to jump instead of trying to, to climb down. And so I get ready. I get my setting. I know I anticipate. I'm just going to jump, let my legs take the shock, and be good. Well, in about a quarter of a second, I realized that my judgment was wrong. It wasn't three feet. It was about eight and a half, nine feet. Yeah, <laughs> what you're saying is what my body said. Because my knees took the first part of the shock. Then my backside took the middle part of the shock. And then my back took the third part of the shock. Now, I had enough wits about me to think this is a public area. There are other people on the mountain. Get up off the ground. Maybe no one saw you. And so I got up aching from foot to back because my judgment about what was was wrong. I was certain it was three feet. In fact, I'd have called my wife and said, I'm going to jump. It's about three feet. My eyes work. I have my glasses on. No problem. But my judgment was wrong. You see, church, I'm wondering this morning if we just need a refresher about who God is and his faithfulness. Because if we understand God and his faithfulness, then it's going to change the way that we judge from point A to point B. So let's just get into the Bible. In Joshua chapter 21, verse 43 through 45, this is where I found myself. It says this, the Lord, the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to their fathers, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hand, and not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All of them came to pass. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of God's people, but he rescued them from Egypt because he'd given them the promise of the land. And through battle and through wars and through abandonment, through the faithlessness of God's people, all these things happened. If you were to read Exodus, if you were to read Deuteronomy, if you were to read Numbers, read Joshua, if you were to read through those stories, you're saying you skip Leviticus. I know, but there's a lot of law in there. You just want to get to the good stuff sometimes. It's all right. You see this struggle of the journey of God's people. And yet, with all of their failures, with all of their abandonments, with all of their knuckleheadedness, with all the soot that they allowed to be piled on top of them, the Bible says that God was faithful. That every single good promise he gave to them came to pass. All of them. And I started looking at us in this world and I thought, do we know that for our life? Do you know this morning that God is faithful when you're not? Do you know this morning that God is faithful when our world is in chaos and turmoil? Do you know that God is faithful when kings are faithless? Are you worried 
Are you anxious? Are you discouraged? If any of those ever sit on your shoulders, here's what I want you to know. The answer is your perspective of God's faithfulness. I looked up the word faithful, and here's what it means. Consistent. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Right? A faithless spouse is someone who is inconsistent with their role as a spouse. Right? A, a faithless elector, since we're in election season, why not, is someone who is not consistent with their word. A faithful teacher is a teacher who does her duties or his duties diligently with all that they have. A faithful believer is one who is full of that faith in every area of their life. So when we talk about God as faithful, as consistent, what does that tell us about God? The first one is this. It tells us that God is unchanging. You see, if God is consistent, then it makes sense when Scripture calls him unchanging. He is who he's always been. Who he was is who he is. Do you know that Scripture tells us that over and over? Listen to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. This is normally the tithing passage. So if you need that part, you can camp there. But listen to what God says. For I, the Lord, do not change. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, children of Jacob, you are not consumed. Listen to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Church, here's what we know. That God has not become enlightened. God was not an angry God in the Old Testament, and now he's the nice God in the New Testament. God is not schizophrenic. God does not have multiple personalities. God does not come from different angles. You see, the problem is this. When our judgment allows us to interpret God as man, then we start to understand how God could evolve as his people evolve. For instance, as a parent, as your child is three, don't you treat them differently when they're 13 and 23 than you did when they're three? You see, it'd be very easy for the world to say, well, when your child was three, you were a disciplinarian. You did everything for them. But then when your child growed, you matured with them. And at 13, you guided them. And then when your child was 23 and, and Lord willing, getting off your payroll soon, you had to mentor them as an adult. So see, you changed in each one of those areas. Well, a faithful parent would say this. When my child was three, my job was to steward them for the glory of God. When my child turned 13, my job was to steward them for the glory of God. When my child turned 23, my job was to steward them for the glory of God. I was unchanging in my faithfulness. You see, the world would want us to think that God can become enlightened, that God can somehow mature over time. What Scripture says is because God is consistent, for God to mature over time would make him unfaithful. I want you to think about that with our modern issues that we face. 
because that's where God's unchanging affects something. It affects his loyalty. See, not only is God is now who he's always been, but what he said is still the truth. Why? Because God is loyal to his word. Let me process that. If God was not loyal to his word, wouldn't he be faithless? <clears throat> Listen to what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a different gospel than the one we preached, let him be accursed. In the Old Testament, Psalm 33, verse 4, For the word of the Lord is upright, and all of his work is done in faithfulness. If God's word was upright then, and the gospel is unchanging now, then what does that mean? It means that God is loyal to his word. That's part of his faithfulness. Now, this is tricky because we might say, well, what about the law in the Old Testament? Right? It, didn't God change? We don't, we don't follow all the laws. Look what Jesus showed. He fulfilled the law. How does that work? The law was God's guide, tutor, correctional assistant to man. But the characteristics of God that are revealed in the Old Testament are true today. See, when God calls sexual immorality an abomination, he's expressing how he feels about it. In loyalty to his word in the New Testament, what does he say? For those who practice, who embrace such things, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, we can't discount the characteristics of God that are revealed in his word in the Old Testament because he is loyal to them. When God says, honor your father and mother in the Old Testament, he repeats it in the New Testament. He shows his loyalty to his words. When he says to you and I, I will never leave you or forsake you, he is loyal to the word. He said it to Joshua. When Joshua was anxious and taking over from Moses, he says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you because you're mine. Matthew chapter 28 in the Great Commission. He says, I will be with you because you're mine. You see, God's faithfulness proves a loyalty to his word. If you and I are to reinterpret the word, then by definition we are saying that God is not loyal to his own statement. Therefore, he is not God. Church, our judgment can't be off on this. We cannot reconcile the mindset of men with the reality of God because he is faithful, he is unchanging, he is loyal to his word, and he is perfect. He is perfect. I mean, we, we know Scripture tells us this, but 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22 talks about Jesus. And it says, He committed no sin, and neither was there deceit found in his mouth. Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is God-breathed, and it's profitable for teaching, cor rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness. You see, God is perfect, and what He has always called right and good is still right and good. Because if God was imperfect, who would He be? He would be like the one who said, I will be like the Most High. He will be like the one who said, I will sit upon his throne. 
He would be like the one who said, taste of the tree, it is good, and you will become like God. Church, this morning, do you rest on the perfection of God? Do you, do you believe that he is perfect in every situation? That when you are faithless, he is faithful because he is perfect? Do you believe that God forgives freely because he is perfect? Church, what does God being all these things mean to us? It means the world. The Bible says this, that God is a promise keeper and he is a peacemaker and he is a covenant guarantor. God is so much more than all of these things, but he is at least this when it comes to us. He's a promise keeper. God is able to keep his promise because he is perfect and unchanging and loyal. Church, are you struggling in your physicality right now? Are you being attacked as a family in this moment? Whether it's your health or your spirit, listen to what the unchanging, loyal to his word perfect God says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 that he who began the good work in you is faithful he will bring it to completion do you know that do you know that what you struggle with today what you wrestle with today whether it's addiction or sin whether it's your child whether it's your job or not understanding the future do you know that God is faithful and he is able to be faithful as a promise keeper because he is unchanging and loyal to his word and perfect have you looked in the mirror at all over the last six months and wondered God, are you able? Have I done something so wrong that would make you go back on your promise? Church, God is not a man. God is not a woman that we would hold on to bitterness and that bitterness would overwhelm his word because he is faithful. Not only is he a promise keeper, he is a peacemaker. He's not a peacekeeper. Where Jesus went, peace followed, but it's not what he encountered. Listen to what Scripture says about our peacekeeper, peacemaker. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says this, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ so that in the coming ages we might know, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us. By grace you have been saved. What scripture tells us is what Jesus Christ has done is he's poured out his mercy rich upon us in such a way that his grace might not just be for today, but it might be for tomorrow. The great thing is his role as peacemaker has been consistent to his word and his nature. In Isaiah, and talking about the same thing, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 5, it says, the righteousness shall be, shall be the belt of, waist, or of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. He talks about the peace that comes to those who are his. Church, 
our country and our world does not know peace. And we have done everything we can to look for man to be the answer as long as they're sprinkled with a little bit of Jesus. That didn't work for Nebuchadnezzar. It didn't work for crooked popes and ministers of the past. It didn't work for the great crusades, and it won't work today. We have one king who ushers in peace where he comes. Is your life reflecting the demonstration of God's faithfulness when it comes to peacemaking? The final thing is this. He is the guarantor of the covenant. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive. I can't tell you how many people I have come into contact with where that's the hardest verse for them to wrestle with. You see, because you know the depth of your sin. You know the thoughts in your mind, the ones that we cover up and we hide for the world. We know the reality of what it means for while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. And the scabs of time have covered it up. And church hasn't been life-changing. It's just been there. The Word hasn't been life-altering. It's just been a reminder if you confess your sin, He is faithful. Do you believe that God is who He says He is this morning? If you do, we need to be faithful. But it makes the circumstances around us like chaff that are blown away. It makes the turmoil of our society unimportant. How do I know? Look at when the church grew. The Christians were being persecuted and killed. Paul was arrested because the king saw that it was good to kill James, that it pleased the people for the church to be persecuted. And yet the gospel grew. Do you believe that God is faithful? Do you believe that He's faithful in the midst of a virus and a disease we cannot control? Do you believe that He is faithful in the midst of a divided country politically and the, the venom that fills our devices? Do you believe that God is faithful? Now, here's the test. Do you believe that God is faithful to kill the one who cheers on the murdering of his people? Do you believe that God is faithful to offer salvation to that person? Do you believe that God is faithful and his love so unchanging and loyal to himself that the person who is stealing and robbing from the people of God, that Jesus Christ died for them too? Do you believe that the person who would hide in the clothing of night and create political unrest, that Jesus Christ was faithful 
enough to die for them. Simon the zealot, Matthew the tax collector, and Paul the Pharisee. If he can change the rioter, the robber, and the one who is out to persecute, and he is still the same today as he was back then. Do you know the faithfulness of our God? Father, we love you. Lord, we look around us and we see the soot that is settled on our life and on our heart and on our country, God. And the reality is, Lord, we have been living a faith without the power of the faithful one. So God, this morning, oh Lord, would you let us know who you are? Lord, would you let us see who you are? Lord, not the picture that's been painted. Father God, not, not the theologians that have spoken. Father, not of the churches who have gone astray. But will we know the faithfulness of the one true King and the Almighty God? Lord, I know there are people in this room and people watching at home who do not know you as faithful. Lord, they have not been able to forgive themselves and therefore they've not been able to believe that you could forgive them first. Father God, this morning, would you be faithful to show them that while they were still sinners, you died for them, Jesus. And that it is through confession of the mouth and the belief in the heart that salvation comes through the faithful one. Lord, I pray that a new season would be ushered in for your church. Lord, that your faithfulness would define us first and our faithfulness would follow. Father God, I pray that you impact this country and this world in ways that men are not looking for because you are unchanging and loyal to your word and faithful. Father God, would you allow your people to bring the peace that only the peacemaker can bring. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.